This is the 2.1 cast. Visit the2.1.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at the2.1. We're back, 2.1 cast, again on this lovely snowy day. Stefan and Graham, how are you doing? You're in the midst of a blizzard. Well, it's kind of calm down, isn't it? We're going to talk about weather because hashtag your dad. I am scared though we get snowed in and we're stuck watching English Premier League football and eating mince pies for the rest of our days until... Was there a stockpile, Graham, of mince pies? I, I wish there was a stockpile. <laughs> there is no stockpile. Uh, I think we'll just get straight into it. We're going to obviously bypass any English Premier League chat. Back to the Scottish Premiership. Uh, we're going to talk about the battle for second place. We've got a week till games resume. Uh there's been lots of activity in the transfer market. We obviously talked last week about Rangers and that's just continued. So let's, I think most people are going to agree with us in the sense that it's really between Aberdeen and Rangers. We'll maybe talk about Hibs if we've got time at the end, if they're still outsiders for this second place. Um, Aberdeen, how do you think they've performed since McInnes rejected Rangers? And they were obviously defeated pretty easily with Rangers back to back around that time. Since then, have they, have they improved? Do they look like a team that are, are back in track and when they visit Ibrox next week, will be able to get a result? They're certainly back on track, but what I would say about the, the results they've had so far is with maybe the exception of um, the game against Hibs, where they won convincingly 4-1, the rest of the results are kind of what you would ex- expect of them. I think what has been... Impressive has been their defensive record. The, you know, other than the, if you look beyond the, the defeat to Celtic just before Christmas, um, they've only conceded once, um, which, is surely a positive sign. Um, so, I think there was. It's fairly clear that before the whole McInnes decision thing, they were distracted as a team and a club, and uh, Stuart Mellon admitted as much and was pretty vocal in saying that. Um, so I'm not too surprised that they're, they're seemingly back. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Graham mentions the defensive stuff because I think they've actually gotten better in attack as well, actually. I think McInnes has kind of spent the season trying to figure out how to f- what to do with that attack. And although Rooney came in for the second Rangers game and he still lost it, he's kind of stayed as a starter up front. And, you know, Aberdeen have almost kind of reverted back to that kind of standard of having him as a traditional target man. And interestingly, he hasn't dropped me. He's moved me back to number 10, which I think is actually quite a smart move because after Graham Shinney, May is the top assist creator in the, in the team. And now he's got a decent amount of goals well, but he's not got. He's, he's, not, he's probably not scoring the amount of goals that um, McInnes would have hoped for him considering the amount of time he's given him as a, as a standalone striker or, or an out-and-out forward. And I think that seems to work quite, wonder, quite well for them. Um, you know... Rooney is the club's top goal scorer this season, even if it's not a huge amount. It, it still suggests that, you know, at the end of the day, the club have to score goals and there's no one at that club who can do it better than Adam Rooney. And I think the main problem for Aberdeen is that they don't seem to create as many chances or score as many goals as as Rangers specifically, but they're also up against like a team like Hibs who at least look like they're far more capable of scoring goals. Um and I think Rooney offers play far more of a focal point than Maynard or May. Um, what I find quite interesting is that the stats that we use, Aberdeen have 3.5 goal-scoring chances a game, 
but in the games since that Rangers match, it's jumped up to 4.6. Mm-hmm. So I think Graham's right, their defensive record has been better, but they've also, with a slight shift in how they, McInnes is playing that attacking line, um, and of course there are the little pepperings of GMS and Ryan Christie as well. Um, I think I think they look a lot better in terms of scoring goals, which I think is ultimately the one part of this team that has to get better. They're another they're another case of a team kind of um, going back to the the old model of playing two up front. Uh, before the start of the season, I mean there <laughs> there has been a a bit of a tactical shift over the past six months. I'm not just talking about Scotland as well. I mean looking to a higher example. Barcelona are playing four four two this season and dominating La Liga, you know. So four four two seems to be a bit back in vogue a little bit. And uh, the question before the start of the season was May and May and Rooney, which one one of the other? And it's kind of taken a little bit of thinking outside the box, which is strange because obviously it used to be always the question: you just put one, two, your two best goal scorers alongside each other. But it's taken a little bit of thinking outside the box for McInnes to think: well, actually, let's see how they both do, and it's. Yeah, Short. and to add, to add to that, actually, I know we'll probably talk about Rangers specifically in a wee bit, but Marty has actually reverted to a front two since he's coming to Rangers. I did a piece on the website this week, actually, about where um, Cummings fits into this Rangers team. And since Marty has came in, he's actually reverted to 4-4-2 diamond with two players up front. Um, and I think the main reason he's brought Cummings in is because he's decided, although Rangers have a really good striker, Morelos, he wants another one because he's been playing Windass there, Herrera, Miller when he's fit. Um, and none of them are anywhere near as good as Morelos at scoring goals. So that's ca- and I don't want to go on to Aberdeen or go away from Aberdeen because I don't think that's fair. But that's I just add to what Graham said yeah. as well. Well, let's like stick on four four two chat at the moment then. So it's a good magazine. Yeah, it's, it's solid, isn't it? I mean, shouting out for other remember four four Tom on Twitter. No, was the oh, worst. Yeah, what happened to him? He had like a hundred thousand fo- followers and what? was the worst. I think he was Agent Scotland's big brother. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> right, let's just bring this back from the the abyss. Um, with McGinn coming in, do you think this four four two suits McGinn? Because we we all know about McGinn's versatility. It was no secret when Hayes was there; they they could change flank, and it was very very effective for McInnes. Is that something we can maybe see again with? You you think maybe Christine McGinn on, on either side? I don't know if you guys think maybe. Well, what you tell us? Well, I I know about McGinn what he could bring. Yeah. Um, I know, I always do this. Were well, you just going to wait and see what we said and then just totally undermine us with yes, actual facts? Yes, the stats are here. Well, actually, I've got the real numbers. <laughs> well, it's, no, what's quite interesting You might is think like, that, but that's pish. <laughs> well, what's quite interesting is, so, at the start of the season, Tom Watt wrote something on uh-huh. uh, the, the departing McGinn and the departing Hayes and how big an effect that was going to have, but also how good Christie was going to be and how good Greg Stewart could potentially be and GMS could potentially be as well. For GMS and Greg Stewart, it's maybe not worked out as well, but Christie's definitely lived up to the hype. And when I, I, mean, I wasn't surprised, but given how good McGinn's stats were for Aberdeen over the last few seasons, to see Christie's averages kind of average out the same as his just mm. proves how good a player he's been this season mm. and how excited Celtic fans must be. Back, Tom has it? a crazy stat that he brings up every time in the pub. That I think I see McGinn, every time as well. McGinn's got more assists than any other player in the Premiership era, I think. Might be goals and assists, but goals something yeah, like that. Or he, I think it maybe he and Hayes have more than any other two partners. Or any, like that. But anyway, the stats are unreal and I, I, I completely agree with you. I think, I mean, I don't, I don't think we should kind of I don't want to kind of over-exaggerate McGinn. He's not like the second coming or anything like that. Do you know, it's not... Uh, he's off to Rangers. But... Uh, <laughs> that's a terrible joke. No, I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to be like, OK, McGinn's back. You know, he's going to score a million goals or a million assists and Ranger, uh, and Aberdeen are going to romp to second place because the guy's 
seemingly done very little in South Korea yeah. for last. What's also interesting as well is like when you look into how many of his uh, Aaron Rooney's goals came from a nine league assist. Mm. I think it was one. So yeah, that's right. I remember you and I talking about yeah, that. Yeah. So uh, as you say, it's not going to solve everything, uh, but I, I definitely think obviously because the perceived wisdom is that he runs down the wing, swings the ball in, and Rooney taps it in. But it's yeah. it's a bit more comprehensive. Of the two players, I think McGinn. Is of, of the two players, that, sorry, I should say, that left Aberdeen in the summer, Hayes and McGinn. I always felt, I always felt like McGinn was the, the, the more critical loss because Hayes, as good a player as he is, was hugely successful because of the tactical role he played in that team and that he was an outlet down the left side. He's one of the few kind of out-and-out -out wingers in Scottish football, um, whereas McGinn was always quite, he was always very good I know this is simplifying it so much, but because of his kind of raw ability, mm. um, so getting him back is, is a great thing. Yeah, the other thing was as well, sorry to interrupt Stefan, but I think it was another stat from Tom's, which is pretty staggering, and I think it was before he left, no player for Aberdeen had provided more goals from set pieces mm. than McGinn as well. So that's, a, that's another another small thing, but it's obviously a good weapon to have. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the kind of story of Aberdeen's season so far, if you want to look at it in a critical light, is the fact that they just have absolutely no consistency on the wing whatsoever. Mm. You've got GMS, you've got Stewart, um, maybe even someone like Tansy. I know he's not really technically a winger, but and the only one who can re who's really stood up is Ryan Christie. And in the big game against Rangers, he gets himself sent off after Rangers go out of their way to mark him out of the game. And I think that's a source of huge frustration for Aberdeen fans. And what McGinn brings to that, I think, is so much needed consistency. Um, you know, we can look at the you know, goals Aberdeen have compared to Rangers. That's that's probably quite obvious to most football fans. Therefore, assists kind of fall in line with that as well. But one of the, one of the measurements that I find quite interesting is key passes, which, um, you know, for people who don't know what the term means, it's basically the pass that leads to any kind of shot you know, on target or just in general. And when you look at the amount of key passes that Aberdeen have this season, I think it really does underline where they rank compared to the rest of the teams in the Premiership in terms of any chances they're creating. So Aberdeen have 177 key passes so far in the Premiership. Celtic have 310 which is fine because you know they're obviously far and about and everyone else. But Rangers have 213. That's over. It's almost 50 more than uh, than Aberdeen. So 50 more shots on target over the course of just 20 games. Uh, Hibs have more than much 193. And then you have got teams like Dundee, Hearts, and Kilmarnock who are all around 160. So unfortunately, Aberdeen fans, to me, this says to me that the amount of chances you're creating or the amount of passes you're creating that lead to shots is more in line with the capacity of Dundee or Hearts or Kilmarnock rather than Rangers or Hibs. And I think that's the key problem. I think that's really where, I mean, I still have every confidence that I've been a challenge for second place. And I'm, I'm at, at this moment in time, I'd still say they'll beat Rangers to it. But I think McInnes realises that that's the one part of the team that he has to properly focus on. And I think that's where McGinn can fix it. Interesting you mentioned key passes because we added a piece on um, Greg Tanzi, who's obviously joined Ross County on loan this uh, last week, this week, last week, I think. And, Tom uh, one, isn't yeah, it? it is. <laughs> um, and Tanzi struggled with injuries at Aberdeen and struggled for consistency. However, his key passes and um, the opportunities he created, as the, the stats category is called, opportunities, um, were higher per 90 minutes, I think, than any other Aberdeen player. Oh, really? Okay. Which suggested that Tanzi was precisely the player that Aberdeen actually needed but injuries and so on got in the way mm. so there's I feel like they're still kind of catching up a little bit from we had um 
I asked Andrew Southwick, who's done a few articles for the site recently. Um, he's an Aberdeen fan. He was saying that he still feels like they haven't replaced Ryan Jack. Tansy was maybe a more, he was like a Jack replacement, but a more kind of creative Jack replacement. So we're looking at players that they maybe need to still bring in, but they still haven't replaced Ryan Jack. And I think that's maybe one concern um, if they're looking for creativity, if they're if Stefan points out they're lacking in key passes, then it's it's a deficiency. Do you think that's something they'll be able to replace in this window, or is time kind of ticking? It doesn't seem like anybody's really been touted, has there? Well, like I said, I think McGinn's maybe the main main hope for that. I mean, we've been really, I mean, we're we're really getting into the weeds here. Um, I think to maybe pull it back a bit, it's a kind of vaguer or a, a larger perspective, and to bring it back to the Rangers game, I think what a lot of Rain, a lot of Aberdeen fans listening to this are probably thinking is that. The reason our stats are so low compared to the likes of Hibs or Rangers is probably because McInnes just seems intent on not letting them play to their full attacking capacity. I mean, when you watch Aberdeen, I'm not just talking about in the games against Celtic or Rangers where you know he's often criticised for the way that he, he puts defence first and then you know attack second, which is fine in certain games. You know, Mourinho famously says you know football's all about minimising stakes, and I think McInnes is probably kind of similar in that regard. Yeah. Anyway, the point I'm making is that. Um, for Aberdeen to go to Ibrox and get a result, like they did last year, um, they will have to break out of this kind of psychological fixation with being defensive first and then attacking because it gets in the way of clearly a number of attack, a good attacking players in that team. And I'm talking about having guys like Shea Logan, for example, who's having a pretty, dr not a dreadful season, but he's nowhere near as good as he was last season. Sure. And I feel like guys like, I mean, I don't expect much from Andy Considine on the left, to be honest. All, all credit to him as a, as a long-serving servant of the club, but guys like Logan, guys like McLean, I don't think they're being offered the opportunity to get as forward as, forward as often as they probably should and where we would see the best in them. And so to kind of give Aberdeen a bit of credit or maybe to suggest you know devil's advocate here after us all just panning their attacking stats for like 10 minutes, I would say... It probably comes down to the fact that McInnes doesn't like to be too attacking, which ultimately might cost them in this Rangers game because, unfortunately, whenever they come up against Rangers or Celtic, they seem to go into their shell. Talk, talking about Andy Considine, we used a picture on the site the other day for an article about, um, about um, what was it about, sorry, warm weather training, and obviously Aberdeen went to Dubai, and it's a lineup of players, and you've got, I think it's Adam Rooney, Shea Logan, maybe Scott McKenna, and then Andy Considine over on the left, just like blowing out his arse. I was that's the definition <laughs> of blowing out your arse, isn't it? I've just looked at it now. His face all screwed up. He is hating it. Yeah. yeah, you know who was loving it? Scott McKenna. Yeah. There's, you know, God almighty, there's all sorts of photo opportunities of him like posing on big boulders and stuff. <laughs> how, do we, how do we think it's going to go with this Rangers-Aberdeen game? Do we think Aberdeen are going to be more of a threat to Rangers this time or is it going to be more of the same? Um, I think it's going to be a really good game actually. I think you've got Aberdeen who seem to really, I don't know if we just panned them, but they have, they have definitely galvanised or been galvanised by McInnes' decision to stay put. It seems that they've gone over that kind of bump in the road very quickly, quite similarly actually to what happened with Sunderland after McInnes rejected Sunderland, they all just went right, okay, it's fine, get on with it. And they have done that and, you know, they've only lost to Celtic, the really good good result against Hibs, they got a draw against a really resurgent Hearts actually for the break as well. So I'd say Hearts, I'd say Aberdeen are in, in, in really decent form actually. The only thing is, is why I think Rangers look quite good as well. Um, and specifically you have 
Milne Rangers team that look really quite confident and quite settled under Marty, but they've also brought in some decent signings. Um, I think I think Cummings is going to be a really good sign for uh, Rangers in a number of ways, but he's, ju he's just the kind of player who you think. I know <laughs> I felt quite bad actually. Pine Bovril, I think he might have tweeted this when he was in the pub last night or something, but he said, because only, I'm, only I'm only suggesting that because I think he said it's much later on, but he basically a very quick saying, tweet saying, oh, Cummings is going to be a great player for Rangers. He's, He's already scored a backload of goals in the league, obviously forgetting it was a championship. And then yeah. he, had a, he had a hundred people saying he's not scored a single goal in the Premiership. Mate. But uh, I think he's a, I think he's a great player, a great signing. We've, I did a piece on the website again about what I think he can bring to that team. But they've also got um, Murphy as well, who will be useful. And they've also got a lot. They got rid of Pena, and I'm always I'm always quite worried about suggesting Rangers have turned a corner because, as we know. How many you know, podcasts have we done? It's like the under, un, the under good <laughs> thing under Pedro Coutinho, <laughs> and then for like five games, well not five games, two games. Who'd be kidding? Uh -huh. Would be all right, and then yeah, disaster. So yeah, but I, I think Marty's actually done a really good job since he came in, and I think it's going to be a good match. My only issue is that uh, Rangers have, for most of the season, looked absolutely dreadful at home for one reason or another. They just can't seem to contend with teams sitting back and not letting them do anything. This is where the excitement is, isn't it? Let's let's be real about mm -hmm. it now this is you know Celtic won the title mm -hmm. the relegation battle is exciting to an ex a certain extent Ross County seem like they're maybe getting cut away a little bit so that's maybe reduced the excitement there and excitement's never the right word for a relegation battle no, interest no, no, no. I yeah think. or antsy and, yeah, it gets, yeah. and it, as you say it ramps up towards the yeah. end of the season that, but the battle for second particularly between Rangers and Aberdeen and then Hibs as a kind of dark horse that's this where the excitement is in this league now even you know especially with Aberdeen it's kind of like almost a bit of an arms race at the moment between Rangers trying to almost rebuild their squad midway through the season and Aberdeen getting Niall McGinn back I mean in previous seasons they probably wouldn't have needed Niall McGinn back but this season there is a sense they probably do um, so that's that's where the excitement is for me. Who do you see as favourites then? Um, or is that very hard to say? Because it's so difficult to say with this window still open. I'll be. I'll make. I'll make a solid prediction on the first of February. Okay, so fair enough. Rangers Mark might not sign down. Greg Doherty. Mark they might not down. sign. The game's next week. All right, for the game or for <laughs> uh, yeah. the second? Oh, oh yeah, no, sorry, that's right. Yeah, yeah, for the game. I should have probably said that. <laughs> for the game. You're not sure. So you're going to suggest who's going to win it the week right. after? It. I probably could tell you who's going to win it the week after. <laughs> I'm pretty confident in my ability to do that. Maybe you guys were talking and I made zoned down. I was like, wait, hold on a minute. For the game. Yeah. Well, why do we both then? For the for the game's probably a bit harder, isn't it? Because I feel like. Yeah, we definitely can't say he's going to go finish second until the end of the window. Yeah. Uh, the game is so difficult. I'd say Rangers are favourites only because if they lose it, it's turmoil. If Aberdeen lose it, it's kind of meh. There's, there's a, for the first time in a while, I feel like there's a bit of a full, a feel good feeling around Rangers. Even the Florida Cup, which oh, was, was the say, equivalent yeah. of like the Kieran Cup. They went to Disneyland. Of course, they feel yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's Jim, Jimmy. Photo. Jimmy Nickel met SpongeBob <laughs> and minions. <laughs> So do you ever feel like? Do you ever feel like there's some cosmic entity who just keeps playing around with Scottish yeah. football? Ever seem like? I mean, why would you want to watch English football when you can? I know it never that? ends. Oh, so yeah, I was so tempted to put a tweet out because like most of my followers on Twitter aren't even Scottish; they're mostly like American and German. I was like, just anyone who's interested in what's happening in Scottish football right now, Rangers just signed a player who refers to himself as Cum Dog, yeah. right after their trip from Disneyland. <laughs> 
Almighty. What was what were Level Five doing when Rangers turned up to the gates of Universal Studios and the people who arranged it were going, we're going to have Jimmy Nichols stand next to Minions and SpongeBob SquarePants, and Level Five went, yeah, not a problem, yeah. It wasn't even just standing; it looked like they put on like a parade for him because they were lining the street and it was like he was walking down the middle of it like some wedding procession, like like the bloody Queen got married or something, like a coronation there. Keep it, keep it interesting. Taxpayers paid for it. God almighty. It was absolutely excellent. But I mean, yeah, I think you're right, going back to the, there is a, minus Spongebob and the Disneyland trip, there is a probably, I would say, uh, judging by even just Twitter, there's a feel-good in Rangers. I watched a good bit of the Corinthians game, and obviously I'm gonna, probably going to get panned for suggesting, you know, Rangers have turned a corner because they've won some meaningless, you know, friendly cup in Florida, <laughs> but uh, they looked quite good, particularly players like Andy Halliday, I thought, looked pretty decent and made me think why why did they get rid of him in the first place I know he was in he had a pretty poor second half yeah. of last season but he's, he's better than what they had really <laughs> well yeah and to add to is that is he still there uh, I think he yeah, is, still, is there. He still there yeah I think so They've also signed Declan John permanently, apparently. I read that this morning. Yeah, that happened a while ago. Did it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that that that, yeah, that was, that was the same day as uh, Marty, was it not? Yeah, it was like, it was ve- quite a while Sandy's ago. Sandy's Marty, bloody hell, really wasn't. Was that during Christmas? I was basically drunk during Christmas. Yeah, yeah, that, makes it was, sense. yeah that does make sense. But it was, it was, it was also quite quietly announced because I think because he was already on loan. And, well, uh, that's, it was quietly announced because everyone was talking about Marty and then they were like, and yeah. we've also signed it. I really like Declan John, especially as a player. forward player. Um, another one I'll maybe add to that is that I haven't watched any of the friendly matches but speaking to a few um, avid Rangers fans who stayed up all night watching that speaking to them they've all been quite impressed by Sean Goss as well okay. as you say just friendly matches and it doesn't mean anything but um, if, he, if he can hit the ground running they really because they really need someone in central midfield there alongside Jack yeah. largely um, Nico Cranshire is still a Rangers player incredible they won't, they won't find anyone to take him that's the problem I know. I mean, he'll be on a fair bit of money so to release him they'd have to pay him the rest of his contract. He'll be there until the end of the season. Yeah, you're right. Is that when his contract runs out? Is the end of the uh, season? I, I said that. Just yeah, it does. It must yeah, be, it does. Yeah. I think it was a two-year deal. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, I think as you say, Cummins. As you've said a couple of times about players. Cummins is the definition of he's got. It's like such like an old cliche, but he does have something about him. And he's the kind of player you'd want on your team. And the amount of like Rangers fans I've, I've seen on Twitter saying they hated him when he played for Hibs, but they they were always like, we wish we had somebody like him. But that's 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 a testament to how good he is. I think I just took the words straight out of Graham's mouth there, but like, you know, when you have a player who you hate who playing against, that usually means, although they'll never admit it, usually means he's actually quite good. Yeah. It tends to be why Celtic fans hate Kenny Miller in old firm games, because he always scores on Derby Day. Well, I, I know we're kind of de- dealing in cliches a bit here, but you know, C- Cummings, loves the big occasion and that's something that Rangers have maybe lacked is a bit of kind of personality and a bit of character Ryan Jack has taken that on uh, and, and he has a notion a that that means, uh, you know to punch someone <laughs> and get sent off every three games uh, yeah. but you know Cummings will bring a bit of that yeah and I think just to kind of pick up on you know the fact that if, if Rangers no one's really talking about this um, oh god we our colleague James did a really good analytical piece on the kind of statistical difference between Morelos and Dembele's first season, and he made a he made a lot of important caveats that you know obviously Dembele's largely been successful due to what he did in the Champions League, but in terms of Premiership goal scoring, Morelos has actually had quite an identical record to Dembele, and he has kind of almost flown under the radar to a certain extent. I think Do you know someone someone in re- response to there was quite a bit of uh, discussion, shall we say, between Celtic Rangers fans on the back of that article last yeah. week. Someone put it to me, it's a crude analysis, but there was something to it, 
Larson v Boyd. It's not totally, you know, Boyd being the most effective player at a striker at SPL level and then Larson kind of doing it at a higher Champions League, yeah. Europa or whatever it was, UEFA yeah. Cup. Cup. Yeah, it's yeah. quite similar to what Dembele and moment, yeah, In a moment, yeah, because we haven't seen Morales play in Europe since yeah. well, largely. But anyway, the point I was going to make was that it hasn't. No one's really pointed out that if Morelos was to pick up a long-term injury, Rangers be, would have been in real, real trouble. The t- their next top goal scorer after Morelos was okay. Windass. Then it was Carl, then it was Carlos Pena. <laughs> Carlos Pena was the third top goal scorer at Rangers this season so far. And then you've got like then it's. I'm pretty sure. I'm kidding you not. Declan Jones, Danny Wilson, and then Kenny Miller. So that's how. And then so they're like it, it's like five four three three two. Morelos on like fifteen. You know, which it, now again, I think Morales has been fantastic, but if that kid was to break, pick up an injury, Rangers would have been in real trouble. So I think that's large, and it's not the only reason, but the fact that they've got Cummings in and they can rely on him if something that happens is the difference between, you know, Rangers getting Morales injured and then completely going off the rails in terms of chasing second place and having someone who can fill in there. So let's kind of talk about then in the Aberdeen game or the Aberdeen Rangers game. With these new signings, do you see I'm again hitting the ground running? Do you see Cummins hitting the ground running? Do you see these signings making an instant impact? One, it of again? The, one of the things I would worry about with McGinn is injuries, which in his last season at Aberdeen was a little bit of an issue. And actually, for a lot of the players, besides me, pretty much all the players really that Aberdeen have brought in has been a bit of a problem. Greg Stewart, obviously, injuries have been a problem for him. Um, I'm struggling to think. I had other examples there. Obviously, Tansy I mentioned. Um, so, again, that's something I would be... I, I'm, I'm ignorant in that I don't know how he got on in South Korea in terms of injuries. I, I mean, I, th- I don't think it was injuries. I think he just... He made like seven appearances. In yeah, the he was also like quite difficult circumstances in South Korea at the moment, though. So this is also true. Yeah. <laughs> he was also playing for a club, I think, or fighting relegation. Perhaps I might have, I might be confusing him with someone else actually. But I think that was the case. You're not confusing him with Andy Halliday, yeah, are which you? I did. Yeah, like, good details, hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, just for any listeners wondering, um, Neil wrote an article about <laughs> Niall McGinn, and naturally I went on to like read it and edit it and then I was like this is brilliant Neil except instead of Niall McGinn you've wrote Andy Halliday everywhere no, no it wasn't no, no, it was no, Azerbaijan I mean, I mean, I oh yeah that's right yeah. sorry I totally like, said so Niall McGinn coming back from Azerbaijan I was like Azerbaijani sabbatical maybe maybe it was just you know the cheapest deal on Sky Scanner was a few days back home from South Korea via that's it a wee stopover Baku I want to see is Azerbaijan I think that's a show anyway Sarajevo back back banter to one side yeah. um, I think you know actually rather than pit both against each other I'd go ahead and say both are fantastic for exactly that reason I think McGinn as long as, fit, as, long as fitness is on top and you'd imagine McKinnis the kind of guy who makes sure he is fit especially yeah. since he's been in a training thing for the last that'd be my weeks. only worry the fact that he's maybe not up to match fitness or match speed whether that he's able to do that in this kind of break and yeah. Is another matter, but I, I agree. It's not that McInnes is the kind of guy that wouldn't be able to you do would, that. You would really expect McGinn to slot back in, and if he doesn't, if he didn't, then you would be like, right, well, what's going on here? There's something's not right. Um, and similarly, I mean, I know Cummings is playing for a new team, and technically playing the Premiership, where he never did. Um, I I really don't see any trouble. What I find quite bizarre is that although he's ultimately had to leave Nottingham Forest, goes and getting game time. When I was doing the research on him, watching his goals for Nottingham Forest, he was scoring really good goals for Forest. It's not as if you know he didn't have a decent record, um, and he wasn't scoring goals and looking like exactly how he did at Hibs. Mm-hmm. He didn't look like he was out of place or out, uh, out, of, out of his uh, level at all. So, um, 
Yeah, I've been really impressed with both signings actually. I mean, I mean, we should probably mention Murphy too because he seems, although he's not got a great record goal scoring down south, he's obviously done at this level before as well with Motherwell. And I think it's, I think I'm genuinely really excited for this game. I think it's going to have two teams who look on form. Um, they've they've bolstered well, and there's obviously that huge grudge element to it too. So I think it's undoubtedly for me the main match of the the coming return to the league, and I can't G wait. Jimmy Murphy needs to learn how to find a shirt that fits him and it's been an issue for him for really yeah since Motherwell I've noticed it he always wears a shirt I think it must it must be deliberate deliberate because at Motherwell I noticed it looking through back all the pictures Brighton were slightly better too small or too big no too big too big his range he always wears a baggy baggy shirt which is you know oh god yeah that's not very wind resistant is it no <laughs> running <laughs> Yeah. Maybe Brutal. maybe they've just given him Carlos Pe shirt, <laughs> but he's not, not getting shot. Short. <laughs> <laughs> that just, wasn't a setup. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Stefan's just sitting there. I know. I literally have my hand. Okay. On my head. Since we've got a couple of minutes left, why don't we talk about Hibs and whether they are still in this race for second place? You made a good point. I think that you think. If, <laughs> yeah, I always need to double check your points, but they, they can move to two points within Rangers. If results were to go their way in that match day. Yeah, so if, if, if Aberdeen beat uh, Rangers and then Hibs beat Dundee, then mm -hmm. yeah, exactly, they can. Um, and I think you're right. I mean, I think we kind of mentioned Hibs maybe a month or two ago in the podcast. We did an episode on them and talking about, you know, are they overachieving, are they underachieving? Um, and I think by and large, fourth place is just about where they should be. I think Hearts are slowly beginning to pick up the pace and they seem to have got their, their house in order. But, you know, we had a really good piece on the website about Jamie McLean, McLaren rather, by uh, James Coughlin, who's a uh, works in for like um, Ladbrokes in Australia as an Australian yeah, soccer expert. Comes a lot of Australian football. And he did a really good piece explaining who this boy is, where he's came from, his career so far, and I I knew very little about him um, because he hadn't really played much in Germany either, and I thought. If you, if anyone, if any, especially any Hibs fans are really interested, I would, I really would urge you to look at that because I've, I've struggled to find anything else on the web, on the web that really puts into emphasis how good he was in Australia, how good a striker is. He explained why his scoring record when uh, for Brisbane was unreal. Mm -hmm. There was something like forty goals in fifty games he yeah. scored for them, and he's exactly what they need. Oddly enough, because although they have Anthony Stokes and Simon Murray, they were far too reliant on them in Stokes. We, well, yeah, you what the article for what Hibs needed it with a striker looking at the kind of conversion rate. Yeah. So yeah, Stokes' right. conversion rate is unbelievably bad this season. It's the worst in the league, I think. Except when it's about breaking curfews. Apparently, he's already had his second falling out with Neil Lennon of the season. Second of the season, it's the winter break. What's he doing? Do you know, last him uh, to other people, uh, he, he, Martin Boyle, and someone else, yeah. Sam Samson, I think. Swanson, sorry, Swanson, uh, were all um, they, they were missed out of a, they were they were cut from a friendly match and they were fined as well, I think, for breaking curfew. But Anthony Stokes also had a scuffle with Neil Lennon earlier in the season too, and you know that's the way Anthony Stokes has always been. But in the past, he's largely been able to make up for it by being a good player, and I think that's something Neil Lennon was willing to put up with. But mm. I think this season we've seen his performances drop, not considerably, but to the point where I'm like, is he worth the trouble? Yeah. You know, that's yeah. largely the way I'd put it. Um, I think that's partly why Ollie Shaw has come into the team. Is he's looked pretty decent I, as well. He has looked decent, but I don't believe that if Stokes was playing anywhere n near mm. as well as we know he can play, that Ollie Shaw would be would have been given the chances that he has. Mm. Yeah, no, fair enough. So they've got a striker in exactly what they need. Um, 
And I think they definitely can. I mean, I, 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 I would probably expect them to actually to win that game um, against Hibs, to be honest, with, uh, against Dundee. Um, and, you know, before we know it, I mean, they're going to gain points on one of the teams, if not both, if they win that game. So I, I, I think... I think they definitely should be considered for second place. It'll be interesting to see if they do or if they end up dropping points. Then Dane Hearts then have their own little rivalry to see who finish above them, which is an entirely different aspect of how interesting this league's been this season. Hearts are also, they also wanted McLaren as well. They were, they're looking for pretty much the same kind of thing and they've, they're looking for a strike. They're going for a striker whose name has now escaped me, but it plays for Go Ahead Eagles, which is the best club name. Oh, ever. the big, like six foot eight guy. Yeah, I think he's um, It's like Ken. I've forgotten. Yeah. Ken. Ken. Barbie's Barbie's boy. <laughs> well, on that, uh, yeah, on that, we'll just finish. I think. <laughs> yeah, thanks again for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. By then, we'll have a better idea of who's going to finish second, right? No, we won't. It'll be just after that, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, you can keep up to date again on the website. We had predictions up last week. Uh, please go ahead and read them and uh, get ready to tell us if we're wrong uh, there'll be plenty of other things coming up in the next couple of days uh, and just keep an eye on the website the 2.1.com and all their social media channels at the 2.1